Welcome to episode 24 of Insects for Dummies. I'm your host, Mitchell Logan, and today we'll be talking about dragonflies, origins, folklores, and all. To start off, let me first inform you that a dragonfly and damselfly are not the same thing, and neither of them are flies at all. These are separate insects belonging to an entirely different order known as Odonata. Damselflies are in the suborder called Zygoptera and have some different characteristics, but we'll talk about those a different day. Today, we are firmly rooted in the life cycle and lore behind dragonflies and all the various names they've gained over the years. Let's actually work backwards this episode and start off with the lore and various names. And the first name on our list would be the Devil's Darning Needle. This term is a more northern term from the US and comes from the superstitions that dragonflies would sew up the mouths, ears, and or eyes of people that slept near them, or that they would sew shut the mouths of naughty kids, profane men, and scolding women. In Sweden, it was said that dragonflies are used by trolls to weave clothing and poke out the eyes of their enemies. Obviously, none of this is true, but the legends came from the fact that male dragonflies have clasps at the end of their tail, which they actually use to hold on to a female while mating. Another name for these insects is the snake doctor, which has southern origins and came from the belief that dragonflies would follow snakes around and sew up their injuries when needed. It was also believed that they could even sew a snake back together or bring one back to life. Again, another sewing-related myth just shows how folklore and legends pass around the globe. Another term relating to snakes is the snake servant, owing to the fact that they can be seen eating gnats and flies that hover around sunbathing snakes. Our third name on the list is none other than the origins of dragonfly. I've always thought that the name dragonfly came from the fact that these insects soared the skies effortlessly, preying on actual flies and other smaller insects. But it turns out, the name might have a much different and darker origin. Long ago, there was a Romanian folktale that there was a time when the devil ran wild, and as a result, God sent an army led by St. George to stop him. The devil cast a spell on St. George's horse, which turned into a giant flying insect. This giant insect then got the name Devil's Fly. The Romanian word for devil is actually drac, which also happens to mean dragon. And as a result, the name probably got translated into English as dragonfly. If you've been thinking to yourself, man, none of these stories are happy, then you'd be absolutely right. And that's because Western culture has predominantly viewed dragonflies as something to be afraid of. But being fearful of things we don't understand is kind of the Western white folk mentality. So yeah. Eastern folklore is much more positive. For example, the Chinese view dragonflies as a symbol of harmony, good luck, and prosperity. In Japan, dragonflies symbolize summer, success, happiness, and courage. The Japanese name for dragonfly is actually Tombo. And if you're a Studio Ghibli fan like me, then you might recognize this name as the male protagonist in Kiki's Delivery Service. I think the name suits him well as someone that has always wished to take the skies, but is unable. In the same way, a dragonfly nymph is locked to the water. 
You're so lucky, Kiki. I wish I could fly. In Vietnam, dragonflies are used as an indicator for the weather. Flying low means rain is inbound. Flying high means clear skies. And if it's mid-level, then expect to maintain overcast. Even Native American tribes viewed the dragonflies in a positive light, equating them with speed, purity, and happiness. They also associated dragonflies with good harvests. In some tribes, it was actually really bad to kill one. Although I highly doubt Native Americans would have been purposely trying to kill them anyway. I imagine this was more of an, oh my god, I accidentally killed a dragonfly. What do I do now? type of situation. Alright, now let's get into some interesting science facts about the dragonfly, along with where you can find them. Dragonflies do not have complete metamorphosis like you would think. They hatch from an egg as an aquatic nymph that doesn't remotely resemble the dragonfly. These predaceous nymphs live in streams or fresh bodies of water and feed on smaller aquatic insects like mosquito larvae or even tadpoles and small fish, depending on the size. Once the nymph is ready to take flight, which can sometimes take years by the way, it crawls out of the water and latches firmly, firmly grasp it, on a tall blade of grass or some other surface in preparation for its final molt. Earlier we talked about the oldest living insects, which would be silverfish and firebrats, and dragonflies are a close second, being the first insects to take flight around 250 million years ago. I have a feeling this is why dragonflies are able to take to the sky without entering a pupil phase, unlike the vast majority of other flying insects, which go through complete metamorphosis. The prehistoric dragonflies were actually massive, with wingspans reaching two and a half feet and a weight of one pound. That puts them at a stature which rivals modern day crows. And speaking of birds, some dragonfly species are migratory, with one being able to cross the Indian Ocean. The globe-skinner dragonfly, scientifically known as Pentala flavicens, can fly 11,000 miles, which is around 18,000 kilometers, and is the furthest flying migratory insect alive today. This dragonfly travels from India to East Africa, making one stop in the Maldives, which is a set of luxury islands with very limited naturally occurring fresh water. Dragonflies can be found across the world, on every continent except for Antarctica, because nothing. Right, we can't say that anymore. Earlier I mentioned that the eggs of a dragonfly hatch into an aquatic nymph. But where the eggs of a dragonfly are laid varies by the type of dragonfly. For example, hawker dragonflies will deposit their eggs in plant material or mud near the water's edge and wait for nature to move their eggs into the water. Other dragonflies, like skippers, will deposit their eggs directly into the water. The dragonflies which deposit eggs in plant material near the edge typically won't hatch until the following spring while skippers and chasers will usually hatch within a couple weeks. Some legends say that a dragonfly might help fishermen by showing them where the fish live. That would be super handy, and there honestly may be some truth to it. If a body of water is healthy, then sure enough, there will be dragonflies. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Insects for Dummies. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure to rate and review on whatever platform you're listening. It really does make a huge difference. If you'd like to check out the Instagram page or send a listener email, 
you can find that information in the show notes. Next week, I'll be covering a caterpillar that does something incredible. <laughs>